0: The following is April. Oh, wait, you guys already heard that. Hi, everybody. How's everyone doing tonight? Welcome in to the Wrestling to the Max Smackdown Live Review. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me, as per usual, my co-host on these Tuesday night shindigs, Miss Liz Puglisi. Good evening, Liz.
1: Good evening, Harry. How are you?
0: Frankly tired, but... (laughs) I just did back-to-back episodes of Raw Reviews yesterday. Now I'm throwing out a double tonight, too, for SmackDown and 205 Live. And then I still got the uh, the, the kickoff tomorrow night here on the W2M Network as well. So it's going to be a busy week of podcasts for yours, truly. Really. Busy, B. Uh, well, you know, it happens. As mentioned, we are a presentation of the W2M Network, which, as you, we said, we are the Wrestling to the Max SmackDown Live Review, after all. In association with W2Mnet.com, you can find all of your favorite podcasts over there, information on everything from wrestling to soccer to football to video games to entertainment to, well, my dulcet tones doing any number of podcasts that I do during the course of the week. (laughs) And with that being said, Liz, what do you say we go ahead and get into it? Let's go. All right, so our opening segment for SmackDown starts off a little bit different than what you would usually see here. It felt almost kind of ECW-ish to me. With, uh, now I don't know how much of the old ECW you've actually watched, Liz, but there was a, there was a wrestling tape a while back called Beyond the Mat. And on that tape, you can actually see Paul Heyman backstage at ECW's first pay-per-view delivering a speech similar in context, if not necessarily content, to the one that Shane McMahon delivered to the SmackDown Live locker room to start the show. Um, A, I wanted to get your thoughts on the segment itself, and B, I wanted to get your opinion on whether or not you think that they're doing a good enough job establishing the us versus them between Raw and SmackDown.
1: I think there's always been an us versus them in, to some degree. Um, even with the back and forth of the drafts, you know, they're on, or they're on SmackDown, you know, whatever. I think to, but to a certain degree, there's always been an us versus them. It's, but I think it's also something that they're playing off from the fans more than themselves because a lot of the fans are divided between Roar and SmackDown. Obviously, we watched them both. But there are a lot of fans who prefer one over the other. So I think that is where they get it more than their own um, feelings to it. I, I liked the beginning. It came off a little um, a little cheesy, you know, at first. Like the whole blue setting, the whole like, area looked like really cheap and. Very old school, nineteen eighties, you know, type of thing. So that threw me for a second, but it was entertaining.
0: I just, I'm kind of torn on this particular segment, and the reason that I say that is because I like the idea in theory. However, this whole rah rah go team blue hasn't really been a thing except for up until like three weeks ago. So you're going to tell me that they're perfectly okay with each other the other eleven months of the year, but God forbid November happens because then it's on. Really?
1: But Shane addressed that too, you know, a little bit. He said something about you know putting their differences aside and you know coming together, however they said it to paraphrase them there. So he addressed it a little bit, but I mean they do that every year that they've had the the two shows and they've been doing the Raw vs. SmackDown. It's not always been, as far as I can remember, you know, five friends. Um, To a degree, I guess it has been representing each, you know, each brand. So they mixed it up a little bit this year. They have to find some way to freshen it up, otherwise, then we're going to be complaining it's the same thing over and over.
0: Well, I would just like to see this kind of spill into other things because we're supposed to believe that Shane and Kurt heard. Excuse me. Let me rephrase. Excuse myself here. We're supposed to believe that Shane and Kurt hate each other right now, but then in three months after WrestleMania, we're supposed to believe that they're going to work together on the trades and stuff? Don't buy it. That's my main main issue is how is this going to go playing forward because there's other stuff that the WWE does in the course of a calendar year that frankly belittles the fact that they're supposed to have this us-versus-them mentality for the month of November. Like, I get the idea. In theory, it's just the other stuff they do throughout the course of the calendar year detracts from that, in my opinion.
1: I guess. I mean, I can can see your point, but, you know, we suspend belief for a lot of things, so we can just kind of sit back and try to enjoy it.
0: For example, we suspended disbelief when when Daniel Bryan got chokeslammed by Kane and all of the things. A lamp was knocked over and a poster was overturned. Oh no, how dare he? That rat bastard. Well... Daniel Bryan made his way back from that vicious assault, air quotes on an audio podcast, and addressed the SmackDown Live audience here in Charlotte where he mentions the fact that he's back and he believes that SmackDown is going to more than hold their own. They're going to take care of business on Sunday night. He also mentions the fact that we have a new – new – I feel like we need Tony Chimel for this WWE heavyweight champion and AJ styles styles comes down to the ring and Brian offers to act as an advocate for styles. All right. So I'm going to have to break this down moment by moment here because there are several talking points here. Um, the first of which is something tells me, I don't think Brock appreciates Daniel shooting about his UFC career. I feel like that could end badly.
1: I guess. Um, I don't know. Is is it something that they would have normally told him? You know, not to mention everything seems to be, you know, pretty out there. They don't really, you know, say, "Oh, don't mention this," or "Don't mention that." I mean, what's the worst? He responds.
0: This is the most dominant guy that the company has seen over the course of the last two years in Brock Lesnar. But let's go ahead and casually throw out the fact that he tapped out to a half-ass knee bar. Yeah, something tells me that line was probably not approved, and if it was, then bravo for having the Stones to do it. Keep it real. I also like the way that Brian put over AJ Styles, but I think he did so to the detriment of Brock Lesnar, which was an exact reversal of Monday Night Raw, where Paul Heyman put over Brock Lesnar by complimenting AJ Styles. And there is a school of thought on this that says that if you constantly run down your opponent and run down your opponent, and you then you beat your opponent, it's because you were supposed to beat them. Whereas if you run down your opponent, you run down your opponent, you run down your opponent, and you lose, then what does that make you? I like the Paul Heyman philosophy here a lot more than the Daniel Bryan philosophy.
1: See, I took it that Daniel was belittling him, for lack of a better word. Um... Almost in a, not desperation, but you know, really trying to really get it out there that you know AJ's better. Kind of going roundabout way that Brock's not the greatest, you know, technical wrestler. I mean, I can I can see your points, but I I enjoyed Brian's speech for the most part. um, Okay. But I don't
0: know. What did you make of AJ Styles' this quick promo at the end there? Styles mentions the fact that, unlike Lesnar, he's not a Muppet and he can't talk, which admit made me chuckle. I, I love
1: a, that.
0: A lot of that has to do with the fact that I like the Muppets, too, though. Regardless. Yeah. AJ talks about the fact that this isn't a Rocky movie. Instead, it is an AJ Styles production, and he will find out that SmackDown is the house that AJ yeah. Styles uh, built. No, oh, it's mm-hmm. almost in unison. <laughs>
1: I liked it. I, I thought it was really good. I mean, like I said, they hit on some things that either straight out or in a roundabout way that, you know, Brock isn't the best at some things. You know, they put him over. He's been the champion for, you know, forever. You know, it seems he knocks people know. out in a few seconds, you know, so maybe they're going to switch things up with AJ, which, you know, it's obviously I I think they're going to do. You know it's well, not going to be that easy. So who knows?
0: Well, we'll do that at the end of the episode, Liz. Well, there'll be plenty of time for predictions at the end of the episode.
1: No, I'm I'm not predicting. I'm just I'm just saying what I took away from it. Why they went that route with it.
0: Well, I'm I'm letting you know that we are predicting at the end of the episode. Okay. <laughs> All right, our opening contest is scheduled for one fall. <laughs> No, one... Okay, fine. Is the the U.S. title match as Baron Corbin... I almost called him Boren Corbin, which means Miz is rubbing off on me. As Baron Corbin defends the title against Sin Cara here. What were your thoughts on the match? I guess it
1: was a match. I guess it was a match we had to have. I didn't really have that many thoughts on it. Most of it was in the the side box of the TV. So, like, you blink, you squinted, you couldn't even see it and I have a pretty big TV Um, it was alright, it it was a decent match Baron won, there's no surprise there another match between the two of them that to me meant absolutely nothing
0: yeah, to me, this was just a way to get the belt on to Baron Cor- to keep the battle on Baron Corbin and mm-hmm. finally finish off the Sin Cara storyline once and for all. I'm okay with the match; it was nothing special, but at the same time, I've never been the biggest fan of Sin Unico Cara as a worker in general. So, frankly, anything to this level here, right around two, two and a half stars, is perfectly acceptable wrestling, in my opinion, and I'm okay with it. Corbin does move on to the match with Miz, which, while I I admit, is probably one of the lowest expectations in terms of the match quality, has been one of the more interesting matches for me to follow based on the fact that Miz has been cutting fire promo after fire promo on Corbin.
1: Agreed. I think that's the only reason... A lot of people have interest in it.
0: Just because I, I don't think Corbin really works as a sympathetic character, and that way they're trying to find a way to put sympathy towards Miz for this match, especially with uh, Corbin mentioning Maurice. And of course, that leads me to the line of Mrs. Of if Corbin mentioned his wife again, that he would knock his teeth down his throat.
1: I think they've did a good ugh, gosh excuse me I think they've been doing a good job of using the social media to build for the match because so much of this just seems like it's thrown together you know like you were saying earlier it's more of a smack than everybody hates each other now so let's you know build it up this is giving it some context at least
0: Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon backstage segment, where Bryan teases some dissension in the ranks here. If Bryan didn't just get laid out on Raw, I'd almost think that this was a tease for Bryan to go over to Raw as the new Raw general manager.
1: I just hate to think about Angle leaving. So
0: Angle's, Angle's not leaving, he's just going to become an active in-ring participant.
1: I know, but I just love him as the GM, so I don't want to dwell on that.
0: Up next is the SmackDown Women's title match as Natalya defends against Charlotte. A lot of people saw this one coming. It does officially happen here. Charlotte taps out Natalya with the figure eight to win the title. We'll first talk about the match. We'll talk about the post-match afterwards. What were your thoughts on the contest itself?
1: It was all right. I think both women are capable of better. Um, To me, it felt a little rushed with the predictable outcome.
0: I like... I like the match, actually. I don't think Natalia gets the credit that she deserves as an in-ring competitor. I think she's been stuck with stupid gimmick after stupid gimmick. Now they're finally giving her the opportunity to shine in terms of in-ring competition. The match against... Charlotte at the last pay-per-view, the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view in my opinion was a little bit disappointing. However, I thought that this made up for that Hell in a Cell disappointment because this was actually a very good match here. I don't like the almost direct going into the figure eight after the sharpshooter rope grab, but I I understand it because of how much you have to fit into this particular episode of SmackDown.
1: No, it was it was a good match and you know, I liked it. But it like we said it was a predictable outcome. I I'm a huge Natalia fan. I definitely don't think, you know, she gets a deal. I think she gets shit on by a lot of fans for no reason, you know, whatsoever. It was, it was a good match, but it was also just there.
0: Post-match, Charlotte gets a promo calling out Alexa, which has basically been what Alexa's been doing overall on Raw. It's calling out both Charlotte and Natty. And then Charlotte goes to the sympathy card for her father. And hey, wouldn't you know it, Rick is actually there tonight. Yay! Yay. Uh, this just seems like a way to capitalize on the Flair 30 for 30, if I'm, if I'm being honest.
1: Yeah, I could care less about Flair. I'm a horrible wrestling fan. I, I admit it. I could care less about Rick Flair. I appreciate what he's done for the business. Don't want. He's a legend. If I never see him on my TV again, I would not care. That whole post-match thing annoyed me to no end.
0: I could tell by the police that you dropped <laughs> in the wrestling chat thread. I know exactly what you were referring to when you typed that. But I'm just sitting there I'm sitting there shaking my head like, "Yeah, that was Liz
1: it's just all right. He was sick. It's overdone. We get it. Move on.
0: It's to build sympathy for Charlotte going into the match with Alexa. They obviously want Charlotte to be the defined f- favorite there, which is going to make it all that much better. When now we'll talk about that when we get to predictions. Let's go ahead and move mm. on here. Bludgeon Brothers promo. They make their television debut next th- next Tuesday. They're off of television by a month from Tuesday. Wait, not a prediction. Okay, never mind. I I like Harper and Rowan, but God, this gimmick looks dumb.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything that I've seen out of the clips I've so I've seen. Excuse me, the clips I've seen on you know social media from the York tour where they were wrestling. I mean, they look good together. They do, you know, work well together as we know. But I don't think it's going to last long.
0: I think the I think the age of the gimmick is kind of over in the WWE. If you ask me.
1: And I know, I've, I said that previously, you know, on here, it was very, you know, throwback to the 80s, you know, with the uh-huh. type of thing, and it doesn't work, it's very cheesy.
0: It almost feels kind of like a modern take on, like, The Old Powers of Pain.
1: Yes, yes, Exactly.
0: I mean, I'm hoping that they just let Eric Rowan and Luke Harper do their thing in the ring because they're a fantastic tag team. I've said for years that I thought that they were underrated as a tag team. So hopefully they'll just let them do their thing once they get into the ring here, and the gimmickry will kind of subside at ringside. But we'll see what happens next Tuesday night. We'll see what happens next Tuesday night, and I'm sure me and Liz will be here to talk about it with you guys. All right, let's go ahead and move on here. Usos cut a promo as they're making their way down to the ring, as it is a singles match scheduled for one fall. Okay, strike two.
1: <laughs> and I don't get Jimmy, the I don't get the joke. I don't, I don't
0: One know. Fall.
1: No, you'll have to explain it to me later.
0: Anyways. And we go to a singles match here as Jimmy Uso takes on Chad Gable. I don't think there's any question. That the Usos and Gable and Benjamin are not done, and since SmackDown has the final pay per view of the year, it would not surprise me at all to see this be the SmackDown tag team title match at that pay per view. But we get here is actually a pretty solid, short little match, and Jimmy picks up the win, super kicking Chad Gable in the center of the ring.
1: Yeah, it was a nice little match. I enjoyed it. I liked their, I liked their um, promo beforehand. I thought it was, you know. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my, my dog just went nuts. Um, but it, it, furthered, it furthered their storyline. It was it was a nice, quick little match.
0: I'm looking forward to seeing what could happen with these two teams if they're given 15 minutes at that pay-per-view. Because frankly, I think it could be the best thing on the show if that happens.
1: You know Benjamin has it in him.
0: I would say Gable has it in him just as much. Gable has been... The, in my opinion, with all of the backlash that uh, Jason Jordan's catching over on Raw, Chad Gable's clearly been the breakout of American Alpha since that team separated to me.
1: Oh, I agree. I agree. I was not fond of American Alpha at all. I know it'll come as a shock to many of you. Um, but he, de- he definitely is. He, he show- I think we said it last time, he shows much more personality than, mm-hmm. th- than Jason.
0: They say that they'll announce Charlotte's replacement for Team SmackDown on Sunday. I have a theory. I think this theory might be somewhat out there, but at the, enti- at the same it. time. Don't say it. I, I think you're going to scream for her. That's all
1: I'm going to say. Okay, wait. No, who do you think it is? We'll talk about that oh, on okay. predictions. Yeah. Oh, good. You're you're probably wrong. I'm probably not going to scream for her. I'm probably going to be screaming that it is her. Go ahead.
0: Uh, Yes. Well, you're still screaming, and that's what mattered. That's what he said. Anywho, moving on. Sammy and Kevin promo backstage in order to set up the tone for the tag team main event player. That happens at the end of SmackDown. It is the Teddy Long special, as we have discussed before, although this one was announced in advance. So not really the Teddy Long special. We move on. New Day entering promo calling out the shield and mentioning the fact that these guys have never broken up or anything, whereas The Shield have already separated once, and come WrestleMania season, The Shield aren't going to be a team anyway. Uh, by the fact that The Shield aren't going to be a team anyway come WrestleMania season, because they seem bound and determined to get a certain member of The Shield over, even though it's clearly not working. Your thoughts on the New Day's promo here to call out
1: The Shield for Sunday? Wait, with the reaction he's getting, you don't think it's working? Anyway, I'll start I- gonna go there, because it'll be a whole other story. Uh, oh no! I
0: enjoy- I, I, well, real quick to answer your question, I understand what you're saying in regards to Roman being back with the Shield, but at the same time, I don't think that they're going to focus on the Shield as an entirety going into WrestleMania season. I think it'll be yet another attempt to get Roman over. This time oh at God, the expense.
1: No, Roman. it'll be it'll be over by February, I'm sure. Um, I liked New Day's um, you know, promo. They're always very good. I loved when they said that most of the championships were Kofi's. That was a nice little nod to him that he definitely deserves. And um,
0: there were a combined twenty-six titles so, between them, but most of them are so Kofi.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, they always have some stuff thrown in there. That's, that's pretty good.
0: I think Kofi's like a six-time Intercontinental Champion, like a four-time US Champion.
1: I think it, I think it was on Twitter. I think he's held quite a you know quite a few of the titles
0: i want to say so. the only title he's never held is a heavyweight title
1: yeah pretty much
0: all right our main event is the aforementioned new day versus excuse me new day versus sammy and kevin uh match is okay it's kind of just there though to get to a backdrop to our post-match segment your thoughts on the match itself and then we'll talk segment afterwards
1: matches off what you know was pretty good. I thought Sammy and Xavier worked pretty well together. That's it. That's my thought.
0: And you'll notice that Sammy and Kevin bailed out of the ring early again. Report that, dirt sheets. Oh, please. (laughs) Alright, let's talk... Let's talk about the raw retaliation. Credit to Stephen Mitchell for the name. (laughs) Um... What did you think overall here? Did you like the fact that they waited until the final episode of SmackDown before the pay-per-view to retaliate? I'm torn, and the reason I say I'm torn on this air is because it comes off kind of predictable that they were going to tonight, but at the same time, it was interesting to see them stand completely tall rather than having SmackDown fight back.
1: I was not shocked. I think Actually, I think in the beginning, I suspected it would be the last show. And it's become, obviously, you know, more and more obvious as the weeks that have gone on here. I enjoyed it. I have to admit, I was chatting with my best friend, as we do every Monday and Tuesday night. And we were mocking out, like, the fangirls that we are. I mean, I love I, love, I do, love, I love both shows. I really don't prefer one show over the other. i probably lean toward more towards SmackDown. Um... I enjoyed it. I mean, we all knew the shield was going to, you know, come out. I absolutely hated the monstrosity of shirts that they had on. They were just ridiculous. Um, the half roar, half shield shirts. They, they just could just be burned. Um, yeah. I
0: mean, how, yeah. <laughs> how dare Ambraulins do that to you?
1: You know, I hated those. Well, it's just ugly. I mean, they were just like they were just so ugly. Um, I mean, it was good. I loved. Kurt bringing, you know, Braun out in the in the middle, like, beckoning out his monster. I just got a kick out of that. I thought it was really good. I wanted when, um, right before Shane took the first triple power bomb or whatever the hell they call it, I was like, oh, Rats, I had hoped Kurt, I had wanted Kurt to, like, smack him, so when he angle-slammed him, please, I think I scared my dog. Uh,
0: I was a little disappointed that Braun Strowman didn't get in on the Shane beatdown. I feel like I feel like Braun Strowman jacking Shane up into that power slam would have been a fun way to go off the air. Although, does somebody want to explain to me how Braun Strowman goes from putting Kane through the ring with a power slam on Raw to being suddenly A, Okodokles 100% the very next night for SmackDown?
1: He's just superhuman, man. Come on. He survived okay. a garbage truck, and you're worried about that? The really? man was thrown into, into a garbage truck and you're asking how he survived that
0: we're, we're really going to bring up the garbage truck
1: you excuse asked me. how he could be okay from going through the ring so yeah we're me. bringing up the garbage truck
0: excuse me the garbage truck
1: Listen, i have a cold you're so is it going to me it's, it's, make,
0: it's not your <laughs> it's not the cold i'm making fun of it's the accent i think the accent is cute what can i say what do I you want from
1: me? but the cold is making it worse
0: <laughs> i believe that um, your thoughts on Shane eating the shield bomb, not once, but twice. I loved it. <laughs> I don't think he should have gotten up from the first one.
1: No, he should have. No, wait, I, did he get up or did they drag him up?
0: Uh, he was starting to fight back to his feet when they pulled him up and then angle, hit the angle slam. He was starting to fight up to his feet a second time when they hit him with the final shield bomb to lay him out once and for all. Oh, yeah, no, he should have stayed down. Yeah, he should have pulled a Corey Graves and stayed down.
1: Speaking of – gosh, I'm so sorry. Speaking of Corey, you could hear his rural bias during it. That was great.
0: Yes, I agree with that, and I think that that makes sense here because you Mm -hmm. can position – because odds are when they do the match at Survivor Series, it'll probably be – my assumption for the match at Survivor Series is I'd love to see Jim Ross call the match and then have – Corey Graves and Byron Saxton as the commentary team. You could have Corey being pro raw, you could have Byron being pro SmackDown.
1: Is Jim I more mean, schedule to appear?
0: I don't know if he is or not, but I would that's what I would personally do there in order to give kind of an unbiased middleman as your play-by-play guy, and then let Corey and Byron snap let Corey and Byron snipe at each other on commentary during the course of the match. Yeah, that would be good. And that's how we go off the air for SmackDown Live with Team Raw standing tall. Oh, we forgot to mention the women beating down the other women in the locker room.
1: Oh, yeah, that was great. Especially when they slapped Alexa, slapped Charlotte down at the end. Oh, that was, that was wonderful.
0: She fought the bejesus out of her.
1: It was fabulous.
0: The only thing missing was Ric Flair to cry for her.
1: Oh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, in case you can't tell, a little over-flare being thrown out for the sappy thing. I'm not as against Rick Flair as Liz is, but it seemed a bit thick tonight.
1: When they were crying? Oh my god.
0: Alright, that's going to officially wrap it up, other than putting a rating on this bad boy, Liz. where do you got it? scale of 1 to 10?
1: Don't forget your predictions. Um, we're
0: doing those after the rating because we got yelled at that for last time, Sean. I know, Sean. I'm just saying,
1: my rating for this probably a 7.
0: I'm a little bit lower than you, but not much. I'm in a six and a half. I thought it was significantly better than Raw, but at the same time, with the shorter runtime than Raw has as well, it's easier for them to be able to have a better show top to bottom than Raw does as well, because they don't have to rely on as much filler, or specifically in the case of last night's episode of Raw, so many damn video packages. Oh my god, that was torture! This happened five minutes ago. I know! I was freaking watching, you jackasses!
1: That's my biggest thing with it. It's like, didn't we just see it as? It's because they have three hours to
0: fill and they don't always have a way to fill all three hours. All right, so there you have it. A combined rating of 6.75 between myself and Liz here. That'll be the go-home episode of SmackDown for the Survivor Series. We will now go ahead and go into our Survivor Series predictions. If you would like to hear the predictions of the rest of the members of Wrestling to the Max, Gary, Paul, and Sean, they will have those for you on the Thursday Part 2 episode of Wrestling to the Max here on W2Mnet.com. Liz, what do you say we get into this here? Let's go. All right. uh, Pre-show is – what the pre show always is because no one cares about the cruiserweights. Enzo takes on Kalisto.
1: I'm hoping for Enzo, but I think Kalisto.
0: I think Enzo retains here because there's no reason to put the belt back on Kalisto.
1: No, there really isn't. But you never, this is the WWE, so who knows? You say Enzo, I'll say Kalisto
0: and especially since I think the guy that's going to be the next contender to the Cruiserweight title picked up a win on 205 Live tonight. We'll talk about that on the 205 Live review here for Wrestling to the Max. Shoo! All right, moving on. Our first contest is the Intercontinental Champion The Miz taking on the U.S. Champion Baron Corbin. Okay, so I've said this on... I said this on the raw reaction I did with Tony last night, and I'm going to say the same thing here tonight as far as my prediction goes. I'm picking Baron Corbin to win this match because I feel like a win for Corbin helps him a lot more than a loss for Miz hurts him.
1: I agree. I was actually going to say something similar. Corbin needs the win more than Miz does, and they can always spin something or, you know, it's Miz. He'll spin it somehow.
0: Miz will just come out, start insulting people again, putting up his arm and going when my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut." shut and everybody will start hating him all over again. So there's really no reason for Miz to win this match, whereas I feel a win for Corbin would help solidify his position as the United States champion over on SmackDown for wherever they're going to go with him next. I'm curious as to who Corbin's next opponent will be. Hopefully, Sin Cara is in the rearview mirror now because, frankly, I don't care about Sin Cara. I know that's kind of mean to say, but it is what it is. And I'm curious to see where they're going to go next with Corbin, hopefully back to Ty Dillinger because I think that there's life in a singles feud for those two.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, if it's, you know, face versus heel on the face side. I mean, other than like Ty or some member of the New Day or...
0: Robert guess,
1: Rude? Oh Yeah, that's it was going to be my last person, or Rude. There really, there really isn't anybody when you really think about it.
0: All right. Sticking with the tone of champions versus champions here, it is the Raw Tag Team Champions, The Bar... Sheamus and Cesaro taking on the SmackDown Tag Team Champions The New Day. I'm going with Team Raw in this one. I'm picking the bar to win this match and I think Cesaro's going to take advantage of Jey Uso's injured knee and he's going to apply his stretch muffler variation that he used to use back when he was doing We the People Cesaro to pick up a tap out victory for Cesaro and Sheamus.
1: Um... Yeah, I'm totally Shea Zahra on this one Team Raw for the win
0: Alright, we move on to the next of the singles contests As the Raw Women's Champion Alexa Bliss takes on The Smackdown Women's Champion Natal, oh wait, nope, not Natalia. Charlotte Poor Natalia. I feel bad for Natty, I really do I also feel bad for Charlotte Because she's going to lose Okay, I really don't feel bad for her.
1: Am I awful that I say I hope so? I mean, I know it's all fairy tale <laughs> in a sense. But I mean, I like Charlotte, I guess, but I, I really want, I want Alexa to win.
0: I think, I think Alexa can do more with a victory than Charlotte can. I think Alexa needs this victory in order to back up her claims of being the goddess. Air quotes on an audio podcast of the WWE.
1: I think they're pretty evenly matched. Ring work style. I I think some people might give Charlotte. I'd
0: say. I would say Charlotte's a better worker. I think Alexa's a better character.
1: Yeah, that's where I was going with what I was saying. Um, But I think they're pretty evenly, you know, matched for. We've seen them wrestle before, so I think it'll be, you know, pretty good. But I definitely think Alexa takes the win.
0: In my opinion, this is the hardest match to predict and the match I'm most looking forward to at this show Shield versus New Day.
1: Plus the fuck. I don't think anybody takes a win. I think it's going to be a mess. I think a loss to either one, actually, in this sense, in this match, a loss to the other... a loss in this match just hurts eat both teams. Um, there was a segment I posted in Wrestling to the Max, you know, chat where it was New Day and or maybe I posted on Yes, I don't remember. Um, New Day and AJ and Gallows and Anderson you know, talking about who the best team was and then this Shield who wasn't together at that time. I think they all hated each other at that time, you know, comes, you know, from off the screen and they're saying, you know, they're the best and I was wondering if we'd get some form of that. And I guess we're getting um, Shield of New Day. I don't think anybody wins. I think whatever happens, it's a it's a no contest. I think it's gonna hopefully be a pretty brutal match because they're all capable of it but I don't think anybody gets the win I think there's some type of it's insane ending
0: I originally when I did the predictions with Tony last night on Raw I called no contest Mm -hmm. however I'm going to change that and I'm going to give the New Day the win here and the reason I say that is because Smackdown's going to need one in order to help even up the score a little bit
1: I mean I can see that but I'll stick with no All
0: right. The Raw women's team of Alicia Fox, Nia Jax, Oscar, Sasha Banks, and Bailey, because of course Sasha and Bailey are getting along with Nia now because Survivor Series.
1: <laughs>
0: take on the SmackDown team of Becky Lynch, Carmella, Naomi, Tamina, and To Be Determined. Excuse me. Uh, um, in case you're wondering, To Be Determined. Is the, only person in the WWE, is the only person in the WWE who has less of a... What's the word I'm looking for here? Who has less pigmentation than Sheamus. God, I hate you. Why do you have to say that? I'm fairly certain the fifth oh. member of Team SmackDown is going to be Paige.
1: So you don't think they're going to put her on the wall? No. You know what that means. Um, Eventually we're gonna get some nonsense with her and you know who. Um
0: I'm just hoping I'm just hoping Alberto Del Rio doesn't show back up because frankly if that happens, I'm turning the channel. I'm over that dude.
1: Well didn't they break up? I don't know if they broke up because they both posted about that. They broke guy. up and
0: got you realize they've probably broken up and gotten back together twice since we've been doing this podcast. This.
1: <laughs> Listen, they're both they're both hot messes. She's Anyway, you can do a whole freaking podcast on that. I'm not. I'm not going to get into that. But I mean, must
0: must must not make a hot mess joke about Paige. Must not make a hot mess joke about Paige. No, must is. not. Make, well,
1: that's
0: yeah. not the kind of hot mess joke I'm trying not yes, to make over here. Moving. I, on. I
1: know. I know. But long before hooking up with Del Rio who turned into a huge asshole. Oops, sorry, it's it, she was a mess. But um, even if she is the one that's on the thing, I still think Team Raw takes it
0: ask <clears throat> Xavier
1: well that's the one I was referring to before you know that they're going to do something stupid which sorry. maybe not because he is married So
0: sorry I had something caught in my throat there I'm good shall we move on Let's.
1: But you didn't say which one, which team you thought will, will, will win
0: oh uh, I'm picking team Smackdown
1: really oh, no, not team team,
0: excuse me not team Smackdown I'm picking team Raw because I don't think you can put a I'm picking team Raw because I don't think you can put a loss on Asuka yet Exactly. And if you have Asuka get counted out or disqualified, then pardon the language here, but you're fucking stupid. Mm
1: -hmm. Agreed. Let's
0: know. Okay. Next match is the Universal Champion Brock Lesnar taking on the WWE Champion AJ Styles. I think I heard you say you're picking AJ earlier.
1: I mean, listen, okay.
0: Did, I, did she, I hear that correctly?
1: Well, no, I don't even know what I said earlier. But in, I would like to see AJ win like a real win over you know Brock. If the Shield of the New Day doesn't end in, in a no contest, then I can see this one ending in in a new contest. In, I'm sorry, in a no contest. Um, they had Brock, Brock lose to you know Goldberg. I don't know, think they're gonna have him you know lose to AJ. But I would prefer seeing AJ win. Is it gonna happen? Probably not. But
0: well, I mean, there is something of a Survivor Series curse that you can play off with Brock Lesnar here. He did lose his first heavyweight title at a Survivor Series. He lost his first Survivor Series tag match. He got decimated by Goldberg last year. There's something of a Survivor Series curse you can play up with with Brock Lesnar here. That being said, when AJ Styles springs boards in with the Phenomenal Forum, he's going to get caught in F5 and pinned by Brock Lesnar.
1: Sadly, that sounds very plausible.
0: He's going to go for the springboard for the Phenomenal Forum. Brock's going to catch him in like a, fi- in like a uh, fall away slam position, toss him up to the shoulders, and hit the F5 out of it.
1: Hopefully not in, like, three minutes. <laughs>
0: uh, I have over-under on this contest at eight minutes.
1: Yeah, That's all about right.
0: Because I had the over-under for Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe at Great Balls of Fire at ten and got a significant under. So I'm hedging my bets by saying eight for this contest, and I'm going to say it's going to go around eight.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: All right, that sets us up with the final match that we have to predict for this show, and that is the Team Raw versus Team SmackDown tag. Kurt Angle, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, and Triple H take on Shane McMahon, Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, Shinsuke Nakamura, and John Cena. I don't
1: know. This one's a hard one. Um, if we're setting up... No, if they are setting up Angle... Being fired, then obviously it's Team SmackDown. But I would really prefer Team Raw to win. So. With them, it could go like three thousand different ways. So I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Raw.
0: I'm picking Team SmackDown when Jason Jordan comes out to ca- cost Team Raw the match. <sighs>
1: See, everything you say sounds so plausible and probably going to happen, and it aggravates me.
0: Well, the issue that I have is I don't want it to happen, but at the same time, based on the way that he was treated – and by the way –
1: I don't want it to happen either.
0: By the way, I don't know if you've actually seen the meme, but there is a thing of – a meme of Triple H and Kurt Angle in the picture for the raw graphic. And then it's Jason Jordan as Will Smith on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with the caption of, Why doesn't he want me, man?
1: Yeah, that was joking.
0: I. I lost it laughing when I saw that.
1: Somebody um, posted that on the on the board. Earlier over. It.
0: Was it on Yes Wrestling? Yeah. Facebook.com backslash Yes Wrestling.
1: Mm-hmm, yes, it was. Where I happened to be an admin of. Oh my gosh. Ah!
0: Make sure you check us out over there. In addition, you can also find Wrestling to the Max on Facebook as well by searching for Wrestling to the Max in your search bar in there. All right. So I think we got one more review to do before we get out of here tonight, Liz. No. So let's go ahead and wrap this one up here. Um, she doesn't have anything else to plug. we got to work on that for you. we got to find you something to plug besides Tupperware. <laughs> and those, what, what, what's, what's the newest one? Like the jewelry thing? No. My, jewel-tastic?
1: Yeah. No, Gem-tastic? Jewel-tastic. Some crazy nonsense I do for a kick.
0: Well, make sure you check out Liz's Facebook page if you're interested in either Tupperware or jewelry. It's kind of her thing. She's good at it. You can listen to more of me here on the w Network when we do the kickoff tomorrow night here or when we do Wrestling Unwrapped Reacts to Survivor Series on Sunday or when I sit in for Paul and do the Raw review like I did last night. So, you know, there's that too. But for my co-host, Miss Liz Puglisi, I'm Harry Broadhurst, thanking you for listening to the Wrestling to the Max SmackDown Live review for November 15th, 14th, technically. It's 1 a.m. on the East Coast here, so November 14th, 2017. We'll see you guys next Tuesday with the fallout from Survivor Series on the Blue Brand. Talk to you guys later. Did you crash on us or something? Because we gave you the done signal like five minutes ago.